Think Again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to our 157th program of Think Again, live from the 3CR studio. Think Again is presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organisation working for social change for 25 years. Jacques isn't here today, but it's great to have Patrick O'Connor from the Committee for Public Education on the program. Patrick's going to walk us through a recent deal affecting the pay and conditions of Victorian teachers brokered by the Australian Education Union. On Think Again, we are great champions of unions as providing essential collective bargaining power for workers. But this deal seems to blatantly leave teachers high and dry. So we thought it would was worth dedicating a program to it and, and try to work out what's really going on. So welcome to the program, Patrick O'Connor. Thank you. Good morning. Firstly, for some context, Patrick, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your organisation and its purpose and, and why it was set up? Sure, thanks. Um, yeah, I'm a primary school teacher uh, working in the public education system here in Melbourne. I'm also a member of the Committee for Public, Edu- public Education, as you indicated. Uh, that was set up in 2017 by a group of teachers and uh, tertiary educators who are members of the Socialist Equality Party, of which I'm one. Um, and the CFPE was set up in order to provide a campaigning organisation to defend public education, argue for that as a what ought to be a universal social right, mm. and also to fight to defend the uh, wages, conditions and interests of teachers and, and educators in the public system. Mm, great. Thanks for that, Patrick. So getting to today's topic, can you tell us about the recent agreement for Victorian teachers brokered by the Australian Education Union? What was actually agreed on and, and what do you think's wrong with it? So the agreement is one that covers the wages and conditions of around 90,000 teachers and school workers here in Victoria for the next four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, The draft version of this agreement, which has since been uh, ratified, uh, but in uh, late January, early February, the Australian Education Union unveiled what they had negotiated with the state Labor government. Now, we characterise that as a monstrous betrayal, Mm. um, at the heart of which was a substantial real wage cut. Mm. Uh, The agreement involved a nominal wage rise of 1% every six months, which is actually less than 2%, uh, because the first 1% each year is only applied to six months' work. Now, this is in conditions where the official inflation rate is 5.5%. Uh, all the forecasts are that it's going to go up further. Uh, clearly, the us fueled proxy war against Russia and Ukraine is leading to enormous problems across the global economy. Mm. We now see inflation at near double digits in countries like Britain and the United States. And so for the union to advocate for this agreement in the face of uh, conditions when teachers had been through two years of COVID mm. pandemic conditions, endured enormous uh, challenges, come through it, 
been hailed hypocritically in the media by the government and so on for their work to be given such, such a substantial real wage cut was a real outrage. Mm. Uh, there was no other redeeming features to the agreement. Uh, class sizes remained the same. Workload was not substantially impacted. Uh, there was a um, one SOP was an additional 1.5 hours a week planning time for teachers. Um, but that in itself, firstly, would leave Australia still as one of the highest countries in the OECD for face-to-face teaching. Mm. And also, in addition, was offset by other concessions, such as the phased elimination of uh, what's called professional practice days, where teachers are given a day out of the classroom each yeah. term to do other work. So, so, so sorry, Patrick, so you're saying... They were reduced in the hours of face-to-face per week, one and a half, but then they're getting less professional practice days, which is non-contact with pupils as well yeah, throughout the year. Right. So it was pretty much offset by that reduction exactly, in practice yep, days. Yep. And the overall you know, regime of you know, almost administrative burdens placed on teachers, yeah. the standardised testing um, you know, f- uh, regime with NAPLAN all remains in place. I mean, this is what has led to... Uh, well-documented levels of teacher burnout, Mm. uh, teacher graduates quitting within the first five years. Mm. Um, It's just becoming a really untenable situation in the public schools. Mm. And this agreement, far from resolving anything, is actually going to worsen the situation. Yeah, I understand that a lot of teachers do a lot of unpaid overtime. That's right, yeah. According to surveys, teachers work uh, on average, I think it's 53 hours a week. Mm. Now, the official uh, working hours are 38 so that is unpaid overtime of approximately 15 hours a week, every week. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Obviously unsustainable. Yeah. So um, with inflation, the 1.5% wage rise isn't a wage rise. It's a wage cut. That's right. It's, it's setting a wage cut. Into it's a the substantial future. real wage cut. Yeah. There, there are a couple of other... Um, allowances, bonuses and so on that the union uh, boasted about. But even on the most generous reading of this agreement, at most, teachers will be uh, getting just over 2% um, a year. Mm. And um, I I read, I think it was in an article that you wrote, that even that that reduction in face-to-face class size um, sorry, class time, face-to-face class time of one and a half hours per week, as well as being offset by a reduction in professional practice days from four to one per year, that it's not in the main agreement. It's in some sort of deed uh, document that's not binding. That's right. So uh, separate from the agreement is what they call a deed, which is a, a separate document. The union insists that that makes no difference. It's irrelevant. Um, but the question is, well, why then do the government ask for it? Yeah. Uh, the implication is that uh, next time, uh, there's uh, negotiations for the next agreement, which will be 2025, 20, uh, I believe, uh, 2026, excuse me. Uh, that uh, reduced face-to-face teaching will not be the starting point for the negotiations because it's not in the agreement. That'll mm. just be out the window and then you start um, afresh. So yeah. it's it's another yet another concession. Yeah. And I understand too, of course, there's a Labor government in Victoria, in New South Wales, a Liberal government, and they were offered, I think, a 3% rise, which is still way below mm. inflation and would add up to a real cut in real terms. Yeah. And they're all out on the streets protesting. Yeah, that's right. That's been rejected. Uh, here in Victoria, of course, there's this, uh, Australia's highest uh, state debt uh, and deficits as a result of the, the pandemic, the necessary mm. lockdown measures that were um, imposed here in tandem with the enormous uh, handouts to big business that the Andrews government Mm. um, implemented during that time. Now the pressure is from the financial markets, from the uh, credit rating agencies, is for austerity measures, is Mm. for the debt and the deficit to be reduced on the backs of of the working class. And that's where this agreement ultimately comes from. Mm. Uh, One 
a very direct way you can reduce debt and deficits as far as the ruling class is concerned is to undermine the wages and conditions of public sector workers. Yeah. And so what the AU has done is create a really dangerous precedent that's not going to affect just teachers in Victoria, but public mm-hmm. sector workers across the country. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's what Perrottet in the New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet, this uh, extreme right-wing figure, is saying. He's saying, well, look, in Victoria, the union agreed to this, so what's the problem here? Yeah. Uh, it's a very... <laughs> It's a coherent political argument to give them as due. And with the Labor government, yeah. Mm. I guess you could say in relation to this deal, uh, I will talk about this more, but uh, I know a lot of teachers are really upset Mm. and outraged about it. And the phrase just came to my mind, we're friends like these who needs enemies. That's right, yeah. (laughs) Well, the the union bureaucracy are not teachers' friends. That's one very direct and immediate lesson that must be drawn from this experience. Mm. So I guess we'll, on that note, we'll go to a music break with Educate the Masses by Blue King Brown. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. If you have a conscience, you should know just how to use it. Like them fools, they go around and just abuse it All your thoughts be locked up in them stories that they tell you Now you surely understand that's how this system molds you Educate the masses and now stand for what is right And they're creeping up on you in the middle of the night Gather up their hopes and dreams, they throw them to the sky And light it up tonight And you think that you are free Well, living in this system I'm afraid that just can't be No, they don't even look at you Like you're a human being You're just a legal fiction Man once spoke in their machine So educate the masses And we'll stand for what is right And we're creeping up on you In the middle of the night Gather up our hopes and dreams We throw them to the Light it up tonight Cause we know that we're all
Don't have a million dollars and still want to have a good education for your kid? Tune into the Dogs Program. We are the defenders of government schools. 12pm on Saturdays here on 3CR. 855 and AM Dial podcast streaming live on 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. We defend government schools because they need it. You're listening to Think Again, 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, 3CR Digital, and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today I'm talking with Patrick O'Connor from the Committee for Public Education about the recent sellout deal for Victorian teachers brokered by the Australian Education Union. As I said at the beginning of the program, we're fiercely pro-union on Think Again. We've covered this before, including a whole program in late May 2020. So it's especially disappointing to see any union or advocacy organisation for that matter so closely aligned with the current government that they no longer represent their members or ordinary people, which evidently is the case with the AEU in this instance. So... Thanks so much, Patrick, for walking us through the latest deal for teachers' wages and conditions in Victoria before the break. So in an article you wrote with Frank, is it Gagliotti? It is, yep. Thank you. (laughs) Published on the World Socialist website, you talked about misinformation coming from the AEU about this deal and perhaps even worse, the muzzling of members critiquing the deal. Can you talk a bit about this misinformation and muzzling of dissent, including teacher reactions to the deal? Sure. Um, before I get to the reaction to the deal, it's, it's important to note that the um, AU censorship uh, very sharply emerged last December with regard to the COVID crisis. Mm. Um, during the school summer break, that coincided with the upsurge in the um, spread of infection. Uh, the Omicron variant erupted, and as teachers were preparing to come back for term one this year, there was widespread concern over the situation in the schools, whether teachers were just going to be sacrificed to the interests of the economy. Mm. Uh, there was a very provocative statement issued on July 13 by Scott Morrison. Uh, it's worth just recalling. He said the following quote, if schools don't open, then that can add an additional 5% to the absenteeism in the workforce. So it is absolutely essential for schools to go back safely and to remain safely open if we're not to see any further exacerbation of the workforce challenges we're currently facing. Schools open means shops open. That's what schools open means, and it's very important they go back, end quote. Mm. So in other words, this was a blatant admission that this was a pro-business measure. Mm. It had nothing to do with children's well-being or education. This was about having kids in schools so that their parents could go back to their workplaces in order to uh, generate profit on behalf of business. That's why all, mm. the, all the sort of COVID restrictions that impinged on the profit interests of, of business and finance capital were, yeah. were lifted, yeah. and the union went along with this. Yeah. Uh, and Patrick, I just wanted to say, it seems to put teachers in the role of childminders. Exactly, babysitters. Yeah, it was a really contemptuous statement. There was a lot of anger over that statement from Morrison. Uh, that anger erupted on the AU's Facebook page here in Victoria, mm. and the response was the union uh, deleted every single comment. Whoa. Yeah. And how did they justify that? Uh, they didn't. They didn't respond to anything. Uh, you literally didn't know. People screenshotted their comments and then they were deleted straight away. Whoa. So that set the precedent then for the agreement because when the agreement was unveiled, uh, it was Friday of week one, term one. Mm. So in other words, the drive to get teachers back into the classrooms coincided with the unveiling of the draft agreement um, and there was a very close connection between the two. Mm. Um, but when on the first week of uh, term one this year, Friday afternoon, 
it was, it was very calculated. 4.30 p.m., the union unveiled the agreement. Mm. 5 p.m., they shut down their Facebook page Whoa. and deleted the comments from teachers who were straight away denouncing the, the real wage cut. Mm. So that was the initial response, and that sort of set the stage then for a whole series of further measures that were uh, unveiled. Overall, I mean, one of the most important things the union did was to refuse to call any industrial action and to refuse any mass meetings. Mm. Despite 97% of teachers voting, teachers and school workers voting in favour of strike action really? in a ballot that the union organised, that was ignored. Uh, there, was, there hasn't been a mass meeting of teachers in Victoria since 2013. Whoa. And it's really important because this, any agreement, and this one included, is a lengthy, complex legal document. Mm. Um, it's very difficult for your typical teacher or even your most uh, legally trained teacher to pick up this agreement and read through it and understand what's in it. Yeah. It's got to be discussed, worked over, yeah. and a mass meeting is an ideal opportunity for that to happen, but that was rejected. Yeah, and also, I guess, it's a technical document. Teachers can't be a, 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 on top of all the legal, technical mm. terminology exactly. and implications. So that's what you'd think what the union's paid yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. And so they shut down the Facebook discussion. Um, they did attempt to justify that. There was one union official who said that, well, people are trolling our page mm. and they're violating union protocols. Mm. Now, that was just a blatant lie because people showed the screenshots of their comments, which were very measured, considered, uh, just asking questions, expressing opposition, but that was, that was taken down. It's incredible. Yeah. Now, following the unveiling of the agreement, there was a whole campaign uh, to... Uh, intimidate and to pressure teachers into voting yes on this agreement. Uh, there were glossy union posters sent to every school. Uh, the union's social media accounts, newsletters, magazines were all filled with why you should vote yes. Mm. People who were opposed to the agreement were not given the space to put their case on mm. any platform. Mm. Um, and so by the time that union delegates meetings were held in March... Uh, the union had this set up. Uh, there was a series of delegates meetings across the state, and I think about 27. These were one-hour meetings in which teachers who opposed the agreement were given three minutes to speak, mm. and union officials then spoke again and again and again in favour of the agreement. Mm. Um, so these were really anti-democratically run delegates meetings. Yeah. Uh, the outcome, despite all of this, was a record no vote. Mm. Nearly 40% of mm. teachers and school workers voted no, which has never uh, been seen before, so it was a really mm. substantial opposition. Mm. Um, now, the ratification of the agreement came in two stages. First was the delegates' vote. Following that, um, there was a general ballot, which is required under the uh, Fair Work industrial regime. You need to ballot all employees affected by the agreement, including non-union um, people in the schools. Um, this voting mechanism was very odd, to say the least. Uh, what happened was the union agreed to uh, the Department of Education's demand that the ballot be conducted uh, within the schools, the ballots be handed uh, to the principal. In some cases, there was a union rep as well supervising things. But the union, uh, sorry, excuse me, the principal tallied the votes within his school, emailed the results to the Department of Education, destroyed the ballots, and then the Department of Education, the employer, announced the result. I don't understand that at all. It's, it's, uh, there was no oversight. There was no grounds for so appeal. So why, why are votes for a union going to the employer and the government department? Good question, yeah. Good question. That's so, never been satisfactorily explained. So there's no scrutiny. There, and there was no, um, obviously, no independent scrutiny. No independent scrutiny is at all, yeah. yeah. And no opportunity to go back and check because the ballots were destroyed. Um, but that purportedly mm. showed a majority. Again, very slim majority. It was, um, I think, 62%, uh, yes. Uh, so as a result, the agreement has been ratified. Now, what? 
sorry, that's a real enmeshment also between government and the union. Absolutely, that, that it is. Union yeah. votes are being sent to the government. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, and it's a it's another sort of concrete demonstration of the role of the union. I mean, it's important uh, to understand what the Australian Education Union bureaucracy is. I mean, its senior officials earn a quarter of a million dollars annually. Uh, this places what? them very comfortably within the top one percent of all income earners. Wow. Now this creates. A situation in which the union bureaucracy comprises a distinct social stratum whose interests are very different to the interests of ordinary teachers and school yeah. workers. You wonder how they could justify that quarter of a million dollars mm-hmm. while brokering a deal that has a substantial wage cut for mm-hmm. teachers while earning quarter of a million dollars yeah. as a representative of teachers' interests. Well, the union doesn't represent teachers' interests. That's the point. These privileges derive from their collaboration with government, mm-hmm. with the government's diktats. That's the basis of, of their privileges. Um, now, this, of course, is not just a question of the AU. We've seen a whole shift mm. amongst the trade unions. I mean, you've raised before the question of the unions providing essential collective bargaining power for workers. Well, mm. it's been a long time since that's been in any, in any way a reality. Um, over the last four decades, with the emergence of globalisation, mm. um, unions, not just in Australia but internationally, have offered their services to business, to governments, imposing job cuts, imposing real wage cuts, imposing mm. deteriorated conditions. Um, so that's why... In the Committee for Public Education, we've called for educators to take the struggle out of the hands of the bureaucracy mm. and to form independent rank-and-file committees in every school and community. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Patrick. The other thing, just to add to that, if I can, is that sure. we fought for the maximum international unity um, throughout this fight against the agreement. Uh, we've organised public meetings, online public meetings, which have involved uh, teachers and educators from Britain, uh, from Sri Lanka, Uh, from the United States to bring to bear their experiences because clearly what's unfolding in Victoria is not a Victorian or Australian phenomenon. Uh, The crisis of public education is a global one, Um, one of the last, and it's intimately connected to the economic and social crisis as well. Mm. Uh, One of the last public meetings that we held, we featured a uh, high school teacher from California um, who talked, this was just in the immediate aftermath of the Uvalde uh, school massacre, um, and she spoke about you know, some of the conditions in the schools, the lack of resources, uh, the way in which the social crisis in the United States flows into the, the schools. Um, and so the question of maximising you know, international unity uh, for a collective you know, struggle to defend the principles of public education, a fully funded, universally yeah. accessible education system is something that we've stressed in the outset. Yeah, and, and which we all thought we were supposed to have. Mm, that's right. <laughs> universally accessible public education. Yeah. No, but the reality in Australia is that apart from Chile, uh, Australia has the highest proportion in the OECD of secondary school students who go to private institutions. Mm. Now, in Chile, that's a direct result of the 1973 military coup mm. and the imposition of the Pinochet dictatorship's free market measures. Mm. In Australia, this is the consequence of successive Labor and Liberal governments just funneling countless billions of dollars into the private sector. Yeah. Uh, but the result is a, just an extraordinarily polarised school system. The schools yeah. are engines for social inequality yeah. um, and the, the fight for the actual social right of of young people to have access to a proper education is a really critical political issue. Something we have to keep fighting for, obviously. Yeah. Uh, So, gee, we're coming close to the end of the program so fast, (laughs) as usual. So for all those, Patrick, for all those exhausted and exploited and outraged teachers, what can they do? Can you suggest actions that teachers can take to fight back and get some decent working 
conditions in place? I know you've suggested a few already, but if you'd like to elaborate on yeah, sure. what they can do. I mean, I, I just encourage all um, educators to contact uh, the Committee for Public Education to learn more about who we are. Uh, teachers and school workers can also uh, join our Facebook group, uh, which is which we formed to oppose the AU agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whereas the AU was shutting down uh, political discussion on their Facebook page, we created our own page in order to allow discussion. Mm-hmm. There's now... Um, 800 or more teachers and educators on that page. There's lively discussion every day, so I encourage people to check that out. Great. Um, I'd also encourage people to read the World Socialist website, uh, look at our international coverage. We're the most uh, widely read socialist publication in the world. And ultimately, I'm encouraging everybody that I speak to on this question to consider that the crisis of the public education system is, in the final analysis, a reflection of the wider crisis of international capitalism. Uh, the profit system is breaking down. It's, th- it's threatening humanity with unprecedented catastrophe, mm. whether you look at the question of climate change, the threat of nuclear war, which has been intensified through US imperialism's aggress- aggression against Russia and China. Uh, there's growing attacks on democratic rights and living standards. And that's why the Committee for Public Education has insisted throughout that the fight for decent conditions in the schools for both teachers and students is above all a political fight and one that requires the taking up of an internationalist and socialist perspective. Mm, thank you, Patrick. Very eloquent, very eloquently put. So we'll go to. Oh, I, I'd like to thank you properly because we're, I think, unless you wanted to add anything. We'll no, come, thank you. That's been good. Yeah, it's been great having you on the program to talk about this, and I think it really does need a lot more airing. Yeah, I think so too. I appreciate mm. it. Thank you. So, on to our community announcements. For our community announcement today, I'd like to tell you about 3CR's Radiothon fundraiser, Climate, Capitalism and the Future. This includes a panel discussion followed by music, food and a raffle with, I hear, their great prizes. So take the opportunity to go to a real-life event with real people face-to-face and support 3CR at the same time. After the panel, there'll be poetic country-focused storytelling from NAM-based singer-songwriter Les Thomas. And there'll be food, refreshments and a 3CR stall, as well as the raffle I mentioned. So that's all on Saturday, 23rd July, 3pm to 7pm. So it's in the afternoon. And that's in Northcote at the Black Spark Cultural Space, 126A Gladstone Avenue, Northcote, which is apparently accessible by tram. Uh, you can get tickets via the 3CR website. They're $10, but I think it's negotiable if you can't manage this. Apparently, no one will be turned away. And thanks again to listeners who donated to 3CR for the Radiothon and supported Think Again. I'm pleased to say that Think Again exceeded its target. And to all of you who have no spare money, thanks so much for supporting us through listening to the program. This is what we're here for after all, and it is you who make it all meaningful and worthwhile. Finally, thanks to all our listeners for tuning in to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio today. If you want to contact us, you can email Borderlands. That's borders at borderlands.org.au. Our programs are available by podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au Meanwhile, please enjoy Milkumana by King Stingray. Milkumana!
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.